Hello, I'm Philip Sales. In this video, I'll be interviewing Lord Justice Everton, who was chairman of the Law Commission between 2006 and 2009. We'll be speaking about the role of the Law Commission in the legislative process. Lord Justice Everton, what is the Law Commission? The Law Commission is a permanent body set up to advise the government on simplifying the law, uh, making it more cost-effective and easier to understand, um, set up in 1965 as a non-departmental public body, which means that although it advises the government, it is at arm's length from it. What was the reason for it being set up in 1965? Well, the reason for it being set up, in a sense, uh, is explained by what I've just said, which is that up until that time, uh, there were various small committees set up from time to time to look at the law to see which acts of parliament were obsolete and should be repealed, which area of the laws were too complex, uh, not modern enough, not cost-effective enough, and it was thought appropriate uh, to set up a permanent body which could look at these things properly staffed with proper communications to parliament and to the executive uh, to enable our laws to become easier to understand uh, more modern and more effective. And what's the legislation which governs the activities of the Commission? That's the Law Commissions Act 1965, but it has been amended. Who is on the Commission? The statute provides for five commissioners, of whom one is the chair. The chair is now, by amendment of the 1965 Act, always a High Court judge or a Court of Appeal judge. I'll come back to that in a moment. The other four commissioners must be either judges uh, or uh, legal academics or practitioners, solicitors or barristers. So there are five commissioners altogether, the chair and the other four all head teams within the commission. And I mentioned the point about the uh, chair being the, uh, a judge, a very senior judge, either a high court judge or a court of appeal judge, and that really symbolises both the importance of the commission uh, and its independence from the ordinary political life of the country in the sense of politics from day to day. What functions are given to the Commission by statute? The overriding uh, obligation of the, or responsibility, of the Commission under the 1965 Act is to keep the law of England and Wales under review with a purpose of making it uh, better law, effectively. What staff does the Commission have to help in its tasks? Well, I've already mentioned the chair and the four commissioners. I've explained that each of the commissioners heads a team uh, which is reflective of an area of the law. So the four teams that they have at the moment are the criminal law team, the public law team, a team concerned with commercial and common law, and a team concerned with trusts, family and property law. Within each of those teams, there will be a number of experienced lawyers those are people who've been in practice for some time or who have been academics for some time. And in addition, every year the Commission uh, employs a number of young, usually immediately, uh, usually young graduates who will stay for a year or two as research assistants. In addition to those, uh, we have um, the ordinary support staff uh, looking after the general organisation of the, of the organisation. Uh, I should mention two other, well, I say teams, uh, two other areas with which uh, the Commission is concerned. One is the um, statute repeal team and consolidation team. 
that team is devoted to consolidating existing statutes where they can and to the repeal of obsolete statutes. The other area or team that I should mention also uh, are, our, are, are our economists because from the, for the last two years now we have employed one senior and two junior economists in order to root the work of the Commission uh, in um, an economic perspective to make sure that the recommendations actually work in practice in terms of cost effectiveness and also to ensure that they receive the best possible support from the government uh, in terms of cost effectiveness. Can you give us some examples of successes that the Commission has had in securing law reform through the statute book? Well, uh, what I should say overall is that um, since 1965 the Commission has um, provided uh, reports which have led to uh, new or partially new uh, Acts of Parliament in about 100 instances covering all different areas of the law. I'm not uh, now talking about statutory instruments but just looking at primary legislation. Um, as I said, it's produced probably something like 200, 200 or 200 plus reports leading to uh, legislation in about 100 cases. Uh, and they cover all areas of the law, the Matrimonial Causes Act, for example, Land Registration Act, uh, a whole host of criminal law provisions, um, the uh, Criminal Justice Act 2003. Really, there isn't an area um, of our law which hasn't been affected in one way or another by the Law Commission. How effective has the Commission been in the past in getting its reports and recommendations carried through to the statute book? Well, as a very rough uh, figure, we consider that uh, in the region of 70% of our recommendations have been implemented in whole or in part. So that may be uh, that they feature in only one or two sections of a much larger bill, or in some cases one of our reports is more or less implemented wholesale. Uh, but about 70% uh, of our recommendations are accepted. The problem that the Commission encounters uh, is that um, uh, it's having to fight for legislative time and space uh, at a time when they're competing with other departments or within departments for legislative time. Uh, and so what one tends to find is that the Commission publishes a report. That report will probably take three years or more to produce. Um, and then it has to wait quite a long time uh, to ensure uh, implementation. But some of the um, uh, um, proposals that we've uh, been implemented recently are intended to rectify that defect, as it were, in the implementation stage. So tell us a little bit more about the, the measures that have been taken recently to improve implementation of Law Commission reports. Okay, well, um, there have been a number of significant developments very recently. Uh, among the most important are the following. First of all, we have a new House of Lords procedure uh, for certain, what are described as non-controversial or non-politically controversial, Law Commission measures. So these are the types of things that appeal to the workaday lawyer, very important, but they're not politically uh, of the first order. Uh, in the recent past, these would never have been implemented, frankly. They wouldn't have got legislative space. But under a new House of Lords procedure, where there are Law Commission recommendations, which are thought to be highly desirable but not politically uh, of great interest, there's a new procedure under which, um, if all the parties agree, 
the measure Law Commission Bill, based on the Law Commission recommendations, is introduced into the House of Lords. Instead of the second reading being on the floor of the House, thereby taking up legislative time, it's taken in committee. And then most important of all, at the committee stage, what's called the um, Special Public Bills Committee Procedure is applied. So the committee is set up uh, of a limited number of people with some particular interest, expertise or political interest in the, in, in the measure. Uh, and um, that committee can take evidence. And on the basis of its reading of the evidence and its deliberations, it can make amendments. And the idea is that with the, that expertise, against the background of a non-politically controversial measure, the third reading really should go through without almost any um, speeches of any kind and then be implemented. The next ma matter that's, um, uh, that's, been, uh, that's arisen, uh, which will help the Law Commission enormously, is the passing of the Law Commission Act 2009. This does two things. First of all, it imposes on the Lord Chancellor who is the minister responsible for the Law Commission, uh, uh, it imposes on him or her the obligation to make a report to Parliament each year saying what the government's intentions are regarding outstanding Law Commission proposals. That will enable Parliament to hold the government to account for any unwanted failure to implement or consider the implementation of outstanding Law Commission recommendations. Uh, also within the Law Commission uh, Act is a provision for a protocol backed by statute governing the working relations between the Law Commission and the executive, that is, the civil service. And this provides for a close working relationship uh, and for the department, uh, upon the publication or final publication of the Law Commission's recommendations, uh, to give an interim response within six months and then a final response within one year and to lend support to the successful implementation of the Law Commission recommendations. How does the Commission decide what projects to undertake? Well, the protocol now sets out the various criteria which are applied by the Law Commission, and there are now quite a few of them. But in broad terms, the following are the most important. First, you have to consider whether the um, proposal for reform is going to be of great or lesser or medium significance within the area of the law in question. You have to consider... Uh, what the priorities are between different areas of the law, what most needs reform. Uh, you have to consider what are the resources of the Commission. That's not just financial resources, but also the personnel resources. Do we have the personnel capable of carrying out this particular project uh, uh, to its best effect? Uh, and then, very important of all, the Law Commission won't take on projects which are highly politically sensitive. There's no point in doing that. Their um, rationale is to look at the law... Uh, in difficult areas which are not necessarily of political interest. That's not to say they never do any work that is of political interest, but if it's highly political, the Law Commission isn't the right body to doing so because they're a group of legal experts, not political experts, looking at the law, intending to make it better for the ordinary citizen in the ordinary way of their lives. Is the Commission ever told to take on a project by the government? The government um, can't tell the Law Commission to take on a project. As I've explained, the status of the Law Commission is that of a non-departmental public body. So although um, it has to account for what it does, and it accounts to, um, as I've said, the Lord Chancellor, Secretary of State for Justice, for what it does, uh, and it can only take on projects which have been approved by the Lord Chancellor, 
The reverse isn't true. That is to say, the Lord Chancellor can't require that the Law Commission takes on a project if the Law Commission simply doesn't think it is appropriate for it to do so. Um, and what tends to happen before any project is taken on um, is that there's a very close um, association discussion between the Law Commission and the relevant department to see whether it's the sort of thing that the Law Commission can or should be doing and whether it's the sort of thing that has a policy priority within the department. Once the Commission decides to take on a project, what happens next? Well, once it's decided to take on a project, um, it will usually... Well, by the time it's got to that stage, it has already consulted very widely. It's consulted, as I've already indicated, with the relevant department con and, and departmental officials concerned. But it also would have carried a much wider review of the area of the law. It will have done that internally. It will have had uh, communications with academics, practitioners, anybody who's of real importance in the field. And at that point, it will decide to take it on. At that point, what then happens is very often now, the Law Commission will publish a scoping or discussion paper. Uh, that means it will issue usually for general circulation. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that it might be a slightly, slightly small or confined circulation, but usually for general circulation, it will um, distribute the discussion paper to let everybody know within the relevant area of the law, that's practitioners, academics, politicians and others, that it's going to do a project in this area and perhaps asking for comments about the proposed scope of the project because it may be too wide, too small and so on. What then happens is that um, once we have the results of the um, consultation from the scoping paper is that the, team, the relevant team will get down to the task of producing a consultation paper. Uh, and that again will involve a widespread, cons a widespread discussion, sometimes public seminars, um, obviously research of the law, the economists will be involved, all of those. And eventually it will publish uh, a, um, a consultation paper, which, 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 which is done in every single case of a Law Commission project. All projects have at least one public consultation, and that's very important for the Law Commission to provide uh, some um, credibility, public credibility, to its work. And then from there we go on to do the final report. Who will work on a team for a project? Well, at any one moment of time, there are several projects being undertaken by each of the teams that I've mentioned. So each of those original four teams, plus, I should say, the, um, uh, statute, uh, the statute you know, consolidation and repeal team. So they'll all be working on several projects. Um, and uh, so the, the, the people within that project, that's the experienced lawyers I talked about, and then the RAs, the research assistants, will be divided up to be working on one of those projects or possibly one or two of those projects going along at the same time. And you have to remember that these projects are all at a different stage, as I've indicated. So some projects may have had their consultation paper already. Some projects may even be at the scoping stage. Some projects may be you know, near finalisation. Uh, and so you might get one person working on a couple of these, but usually at any one moment of time we try to concentrate the various individuals on one project only within the team for those people and then other people working on one project only within the team. And is a report just the product of that team or the people working on it within that team or is there a wider process of review within the Commission? No, there's a very, very important aspect of the procedure and work of the Commission. I've already mentioned the question of public consultation uh, and that the whole ethos of the Commission is to try to simplify and make the law uh, better in all respects 
for, as it were, ordinary people. This isn't law written for politicians. Um, and uh, a very important part of this process of legitimacy in that way is what we call the peer review process. Uh, so what happens is that every publication, whether it be a um, scoping or discussion paper, a consultation paper, or the final report, goes before and has to be approved by all the commissioners sitting together like a board. Now, the way that works is that the draft of that paper for publication is distributed to each of the commissioners beforehand, obviously not the commissioner who's heading the team, but to all the other commissioners and the chair. Each of those commissioners and the chair is required to respond in writing. They can't back out because they don't know the area of the law. It doesn't matter what their own area of expertise is or what the area of expertise is of the project in question. They have to write uh, on this project and they have to deal with it in all aspects. They have to deal with what they think is the analysis, the presentation, um, the underlying policy, every aspect of it. Uh, and uh, those papers are then distributed, the team then replies and then the team appears in front of the commissioners at the commissioners meeting. And At that meeting we try to resolve, if we can, between ourselves which of these criticisms is appropriate, which isn't, what we think about the report and usually a report will go through back and forth several times before it's approved by the, um, by the board. Now the reason for this peer review is the very simple notion that if these reports are being published so that non-lawyers can understand them, they under, that they can be understood by and appreciated by anybody who has an interest in them, politicians or ordinary people who are not lawyers and not politicians, then Every one of these commissioners should be playing their part, like the well-informed, or perhaps better-informed, member of the public, in saying what they think about it. So this peer review process is really a most important, and it's the most exciting um, task within the Commission to see all of these people, very expert within their fields, trying to produce the very, very best by way of constructive criticism uh, of what's been written. Does the Commission undertake research projects to gather information for its reports? Well, as I've indicated, every, every report will be very heavily based on research. And the research will include not only our own law in this country, but I would say more often than not comparative research. So we look at how other countries have dealt with these areas of the law insofar as those other countries have law comparable to our own. So we might, for example, very often look at the law in other Commonwealth countries, which have a very similar system to our own, particularly perhaps Australia or New Zealand or many other countries. So they do comparative research, they'll do research on the law here, and again, of course, our economists will be there, adding their own input. Uh, so we do that sort of thing. In addition, we very often um, commission uh, leading academics to do particular um, research for us or to give us advice in a, in, a, in, a, in a consultancy capacity on particular areas within projects where their expertise may be much greater than we have in-house. Can you give us some examples of recent reports from your time at the Commission which have been implemented? Well I think probably the, uh, as we speak today in 2010 probably the best known of these will be the Bribery Act 2010 which was based on the bribery report that we, that we did during my time. Uh, and this is an extremely important um, uh, piece of legislation um, 
it arose because um, we published, in fact, uh, a report on this subject many years ago, and it wasn't acceptable to Parliament then. But um, under pressure from organisations like the OECD, uh, there was a general feeling, both nationally and internationally, that the law commission was falling, that the, I'm so sorry, that the country was falling behind uh, in its um, uh, attack on corporate and other fraud. It's not just corporate fraud, but other fraud generally. Uh, and so the law commission was asked by the government if it would undertake this task, and it did so in a very short period of time. Uh, and the new uh, act that's been brought into force uh, makes us... Um, one of the leading countries now uh, in uh, legislation designed to grapple with fraud, commercial and public. Uh, and it um, both replaces uh, old acts that were inconsistent or conflicting with one another, uh, and it provides for new provisions. Uh, in addition to that, um, we, uh, in the 2009 Coroners and, Crime, Cor Coroners and Justice Act, uh, there were implemented um, some of our recommendations uh, in our murder and manslaughter report uh, on um, provocation and infanticide. Um, quite apart from those, if I'm looking at it from a very, very, uh, how should I put it, from a very, very uh, uh, legalistic position, we had a major coup, not of immediate excitement and interest to the general public, uh, but nonetheless extremely important on perpetuities. And I should explain to anybody who's uh, going to look at this video that when they write a will and they want to provide for some very, very distant successor to inherit their favourite silver cup, that the law of perpetuities will come into place because it restricts the amount of time by which you can prevent a gift uh, being enjoyed by the person you wish to receive it. So although it sounds uh, very complicated, in fact, every time somebody wants to make a will, perpetuities are there. What is the biggest challenge you face as chairman of the commission? Well, the, the, the most important role of the, of the chairman is to, or the chair, I should say, the most important role of the chair is to ensure that um, reports are published according to a programme timetable, so that the, we don't slip behind too much, that the work that is done is of the very highest quality and is relevant that the various government departments support it and that ultimately they have, the reports have the best possible chance of implementation. And so there is both an inward and outward facing role for the chair of the commission. Within the commission looking inward, uh, he or she plays the role of making sure that it's working as efficiently and effectively as possible. Outside, the chair is dealing with ministers, with the most senior judges, with politicians, raising the profile of the commission, oiling the wheels by which its, its reports, which are based on you know, long and hard work by the, by the members of the Commission, uh, have the best chance of implementation. And in what circumstances do you think the Commission works well as a catalyst for statutory reform? Well, in a sense, I've partly answered that. The Commission can only work well if it produces work of the highest quality that is relevant, that is relevant to people today, but also relevant within the policy priorities of the government. There's absolutely no point at all in a body like the Commission doing a lot of research on difficult and obscure areas of the law that may be of great interest to academics um, and important uh, within an academic field, but are not relevant and do not have priority. So the 
The Commission works well when it's doing work which is relevant, which is high on the policy uh, priorities of the government, uh, and where the Commission has secured the support of the Department of Department's Ministers and the government to take forward uh, that uh, report and to implement it by way of legislation as soon as possible. Lord Justice Etherton, thank you very much.